so, still in the series, uh, Renegades, we've, we've uh, last five weeks we've been taking a look at, I don't, I don't know if it's ingredients of Renegades or what Renegades d- does or whatever, but uh, Renegades, I mean, really what we're talking about is, is disciples, uh, disciples of Christ, disciples of, 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 of Jesus. What do they do? What does their life look like? And, and actually, we went back to the Old Testament to start. So disciples of Yahweh uh, in the Old Testament, we saw that um, uh, we're cre- courageous. However, courageous isn't uh, the lack of fear. It's taking the next step despite fear. Uh, and then we saw uh, hear and follow that the taking the next step is really faith. That's what faith is. Uh, faith is just a series of next steps, hearing and following Jesus. And, 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 and that's, what, that's what faith is. And that's what this life is all about, of following Jesus. And then we saw how to take the next steps or the tools that God gives us, uh, uh, the Bible. He gives us the Bible to be able to know what our next steps are. This is written word, like this, the non-negotiables. And then we've got prayer, uh, that daily interaction, that daily relationship with God. We've got a, we do have another tool of community. We're actually going to spend an entire year talking about the church, uh, about the, the, the church of Jesus Christ. And uh, starting in middle August, we'll do that for an entire year. And who, what is the church and what's God's vision for the church and, and what does it look like and, and, and all of that for a whole year. Uh, but uh, so therefore didn't use a sermon on this because we got a year to talk about it. Um, and then we saw uh, most actually kind of almost most importantly, uh, the vision that leads to action. We have to have a vision for our life, but we get that from God, uh, a, a vision from God. And then uh, all of this wraps together that from that vision of God, we take the next steps. We've got to be courageous. We've got to have his word. We've got to have prayer. And now for the next three weeks, we're taking a look at Three New Testament disciples, like for so often, I mean, the crowd here, I mean, we, for the most part, we grew up in church or we've been in church for a while or, or we talk about like Bible characters, but really I don't like that phrase because it makes it almost mythological, right? That these guys are like, they weren't humans. They're just stories that were written in like Aesop's fables or Disney characters, or, except they're not princesses, you know, uh, except for Esther, but separate story. But, 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 but like, but we, we, we get this mindset that they're almost like not real. These were people. These were people. These were real people just like you and me. And, and we're going to be looking today at Peter. And, and, and Paul next week is going to preach on Paul, which is going to be so exciting because he's going to talk in third person. Uh, and so you're going to be so confused that Paul is preaching on Paul. And you never know if he's going to t- be talking about me, Paul. Not me, Paul. You, Paul. And, or the Bible, Paul. And it's going to be awesome. And then we're going to finish up with John. But today we're looking at Peter. And I closed the service last week with a quote from Angry Birds. If you weren't here, we got we you know worked Angry Birds into the sermon um, and and uh, uh, and read. It was a cute little movie, you know, not real deep in in its in its plot or anything because it wasn't Disney Pixar. Uh, but uh, 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 the 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 red Angry Bird, you know, the leader guy, he said this when he kind of recognized the mission that he had before him, and he was talking to, to, the, to the warrior eagle, that kind of set up as the kind of God figure in the, in, the, in the story. The fate of the world rests on idiots like me, and that, sir, is terrifying. 
And so when it comes to being a Christian, when it comes to following Jesus, like, uh, we, we're like, we don't feel like necessarily the, the weight of the world or the fate of the world rests on our shoulders, but we recognize that like, the advancement of the kingdom does. We recognize that the health of his church does because we are his church. His church isn't an entity. It's not an organization. It's not a staff. It is people who say, I am followers of Christ. And so the health of his church rests on our shoulders. And then we might go, idiots like me? Like, what is God thinking that this is like dependent upon idiots like me? I can't do this. But guys like Peter help us out here. Because Peter was an idiot. And I, th- I think he would probably self-proclaim that. And so we're going to take a look at an overarching view of his, his, his story of discipleship. It started um, uh, when Jesus kicked off his ministry. He put his home base of his ministry in Capernaum. Nazareth wasn't going to work because that was his hometown and the prophet isn't accepted in his hometown. Jerusalem wasn't going to work because he knew he was going to have way too many battles with them religious leaders for him to have a home base of, of, of Jerusalem. So he was going to have to get out of town at times. And so he started uh, setting up his home base of operations in Capernaum. And he started doing miracles. And one of the miracles he did was in Simon Peter's house uh, for his mother-in-law. His mother-in-law was sick. And so he did a miracle for his mother-in-law, healed his mother-in-law, but I believe Peter was okay with it because it said that she got up and started serving people after that. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that, was I? Sorry. Um, but, you know, you, maybe you wasn't cool, you know, like, healed his mother-in-law, like, really? Like, he, then he followed Jesus after that? Like, what's he, what's he thinking? And then later on, he... Um, Move on, move on, Paul, move on, Paul. (laughs) Then he started teaching one morning. He was by the lake. He started teaching one morning, and Peter and his business partners were getting done with the night of fishing. They were mending the nets. They were getting everything ready, and he was like, hey, let me use your boat to teach on. The the crowds were pressing in. He needed a stage. He needed a buffer zone from the crowds, and he taught while standing on the boat of Peter. After he got done, he sat down. He was talking with Peter. He's like, hey, Peter, um, why don't you go back out, go back out and uh, fish again? And we don't know what Peter was thinking, but we know Peter well enough to know that he was probably thinking something along the lines of, really? Really? Right now is not the time that you fish. And I spent all night fishing and I got nothing. I got nothing. So you want me to go back out there in front of all these people and look like a moron. You healed my mother-in-law. That's bad enough. And so now you want me to go out and look like a moron because I'm going to go out again and I'm going to catch nothing again. But instead of saying all that, he said, okay, Jesus, whatever, whatever you say. You, you ever been there, right? Like some guy asks you for help <laughs> and, and you, you, in your mind you're like, really? Crap, no, I'm not going to help you. And then you get out. Sure, when do you need me? This was, this was Peter's moment. So he went out. What, did he, what, 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 what happened, right? Caught, caught a boatload of fish, like literally. Like the boat started to capsize. And that's where we pick it up in the story. Luke chapter 5, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me because I'm a sinful man, Lord. Now that's interesting, isn't it? He caught a bunch of fish. 
and like Peter's like, I'm a sinful man. Uh, however, how many of you would say you are fishermen or fisherwomen? Anybody? 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 There you go. There you go. There you go. How, how many of you like that? It's a hobby. I like to fish. Like if I get time, I'll go out and fish. Anybody? Anybody? Any, any of you like ever fished before? How many of you have ever fished before? Okay. Getting there. So like. Pretend you and your buddy are out on the lake fishing and like it's a good day. Like every time you cast out, you pull a fish in. Like used to fish with grand, grandfather and stuff. We, we went to Grand Lake a couple of times. and there, We had like this day, like every time we cast it out, like it was like one of those fishing shows, you know, where they put the, put the fish on the hook for him. You know, it was like reel it in, reel it in, reel it in. So you have one of those days. Like you ever turn to your buddy and go, Dude, get away from me because I'm a sinful man. Ever? Ever? You might have sinning going on in that boat. That's a separate sermon. But you never turn to your buddy and say, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. This is what Peter did. Over a catch of fish, right? He recognized that there's something different about Jesus going on here. Something different about Jesus. And that this isn't some normal man. He doesn't just go off healing mothers-in-law and, and brings in boatloads of fish. And then what does Jesus do? Does he go, yeah, you're exactly right, and start listing off sins? For he and all those with him, Peter and all those with him, were amazed at the catch of fish they took. So, so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners, uh, Simon and Andrew. He had a brother named Andrew, and then James and John, all four of them were business partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they followed the boat. They brought, brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. Our question today is, how do idiots like me become renegades? First of all, you're called by Jesus. See, that's what Jesus did for Peter, right? He didn't list off his sins. He just said, hey, follow me. I'm going to make you a catcher of men. I'm going to, I'm going to change your life. I'm going to transform you. The, the, the job you think you were going to have the rest of your life, I'm going to completely change that. Maybe you're like, ah, yeah, that's great for you, preacher man. Like, you're called. But that's not me. Nowhere in the Bible do we see salvation and then call to ministry. Nowhere in the New Testament do we ever see that. Nowhere in the Old Testament do we ever see that. And right here we see this with Peter. Salvation and call were the same thing. Salvation equals call. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 4.1, Therefore I, the prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. He's He's writing this to an entire church, not a pastor. How do idiots like me become renegades? We're called by Jesus. And the salvation call is our call to ministry. And so Peter and the four business partners, they started following Jesus. And, and like things started off well. Jesus was training them. He was doing miracles, was training them. He sent them off. They saw incredible things. I mean, Jesus even walked to the boat one time on water, right? 
And what did Peter do? Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out. And, 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 Peter, and Jesus was like, come out. And Peter walked on water. That's crazy. That's nuts, right? He got fearful and got started to sink. But then Jesus pulled him up and they walked back to the boat on water. Like things started off good. Side note, the religious want to make fun of you for getting out of the boat. So you failed. Is it better to get out of the boat and fail or not get out of the boat at all? Peter got out of the boat. He's the only one of the 12 that got out of the boat. Things started off well. But if you read the Gospels, like the closer they got to Jesus' death, like the more idiotic they got. Jesus' rock star status went to the heads of the disciples. I mean, the last night of Jesus' life, they were arguing about who is the greatest disciple. Like, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. No, I'm the man. Really? Jesus is like, I'm going to die within 12 hours. And then we get to the point, like the low point for Peter, right? Jesus says, hey, one of you is going to betray me. Peter's just to get bravado. And Luke records an interesting little uh, exchange. He's the only one that records this exchange between, between Peter and Jesus. Peter says to, to, or Jesus says to Peter, Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Like, <clears throat> I don't know what was, again, what was exactly was going through Peter's mind, but probably when, when Jesus said, Satan asked to sift you like, like wheat. Like, Peter probably would have liked Jesus to, 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 to tell Satan to go away or punch Satan in the throat or something. Not like, but I prayed for you, Peter. It's okay, I prayed for you. Like, can you have done something a little bit more than pray for me? What did he pray? And you, when you have turned back, that's huge, strengthen your brother's. So what what does Peter do? Peter told Jesus, I'm ready to go with you to both prison and to death. I'm the greatest disciple, Jesus. I'll die with you. Jesus maybe shook his head and sighed. Peter, I didn't want to tell you this, but I'll tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you deny me three times that you know me. Like, and we could have understood if, like, some burly soldier, Roman soldier, came up to Peter and, like, started to get all up in his grill and be like, I saw you with Jesus. I'm going to arrest you. And, like, ah, no, no, no. We probably would have given Peter, I mean, we'd, get, we'd give Peter a pass, right? But what's the story? What's the story? What we would know as a middle school girl. Hey, hey, you have a Galilean accent. You, I saw you with Jesus. I mean, I mean, uh, Maddie, it would be like Maddie going up to Peter. Peter was like, I mean, he was a man's man himself and going, I saw you with Jesus. And no, 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 you didn't. No, you didn't. And look, as the Gospels say, the last time he did it, the last time he denied 
I want to say this to get the brevity of, of what he said and what he was doing. He told that girl, I'll be damned if I know that guy. So what happens next, right? And Jesus heard him say that. One of them records, one of the Gospels records, Jesus turned and looked at him in that moment. Could you imagine that? You hung with Jesus for three years and you said that loud enough for him to hear? What did Jesus do next? Well, first of all, he died. Then he resurrected. He showed up to the disciples once. He showed up to the disciples twice. And he showed up to the disciples a third time. But one of the things we want to get away from this denial story is this. What does it take for an idiot like me to become a renegade? Be an idiot. Now, not on purpose. Not like go and try and be an idiot. But what did Jesus tell Peter? When you turn back. Jesus knew Peter was going to be an idiot before Peter knew he was going to be an idiot. And he knows the same thing about you and me. Like, look, 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 look. Let's be real. Let's be honest. We're in church. Let's be honest. We know when we're going to be an idiot, right? We feel it coming. If we know, God knows. But what did Jesus tell him? When you turn back. This isn't permission to go be an idiot. That's not an understanding of the gospel. This is just acknowledging that Jesus knows we're going to be. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. Because what did he do next? The third time that he appeared to the disciples, the disciples went fishing. They went back to the lifestyle they knew before Jesus. I think a lot of us, maybe probably all of us, know what that feels like. Going back to the lifestyle we knew before we knew Jesus. Jesus shows up on the beach, looks out. They'd had a rough night. They hadn't caught a thing. Is this the same story? No, 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 no. We start, we end with the same, same scenario. Jesus calls out, hey, try the other side. They try the other side. Boatload of fish, right? Deja vu, right? They've seen this before, right? Therefore, the disciple, the one Jesus loved, that was John's name for himself, description for himself, said to Peter, it is the Lord. They, they've seen this before. It's the Lord. He's come back again. Now, I think most of us probably don't have a hard time believing the Bible, but, but because, because the Bible was written by dudes, like they didn't write themselves in and make themselves look like heroes they made themselves look like idiots that's one of the reasons why we can believe the bible if they made this stuff up they would make themselves the hero and so here when simon peter heard that it was the lord he tied his outer garment around him for he was stripped and plunged into the sea like this was written by dudes 
Like they went out at night. Peter took off his outer robe to get naked to fish. John's probably like, Peter, dude, put your clothes back on. It's hot, man. It's hot. Peter, put your robe back on. It's hot. It's hot. I'm not putting my robe back on. You look the other way. Peter, I'm going to write a book someday, and this is going to be in it. Do whatever you want. It's hot. <laughs> the best part about this is, is John is an old man when he writes this. Unlike the Isle of Patmos, exiled for, for believing in Jesus, Peter is dead when he writes this. He's probably writing this going, he's going to be so mad at me when I get there. <laughs> but this is so funny. This is good. This is good. I told him. I told him I was going to write this in there. And plunged into the sea. Why did he plunge into the sea? To go back to Jesus. To run back to Jesus. He couldn't wait for the boat to row in there. He ran back to Jesus. How do idiots like me become renegades? We run back to Jesus. We run back to Jesus. Why? Because he welcomes and transforms idiots. Verse 13, he came, Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. Like, again, let's put this in perspective. Take what Peter said in earshot of Jesus. Imagine if one of your dudes said that to you, about you. Within 14 days of that instance, are you eating dinner or breakfast with the dude? One of, your, you, one of your buddies, you've known for years, high school buddies. I never knew that guy. Within 14 days, you eating breakfast with him? There might be a campfire. You might do something with him, with that campfire, but it ain't even breakfast, right? But Jesus ate breakfast with the guy I said, let me be cursed to hell if I know him. Jesus welcomes and transforms idiots like us. And Peter took a little walk with, or Jesus took a little walk with Peter. And twice he said, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Twice he said something along the lines of feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And the third time, Jesus asked Peter, Simon, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked the third time. When we are idiots, when Jesus comes and starts poking at the idiocy, it hurts, right? It hurts. When he transforms us, it hurts. We grieve. Do you love me, he said? Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. What did he say before? When you turn back, strengthen my brothers. This is another way of saying, strengthen my brothers. You're going to lead these guys. You're going to feed these guys. You're going to, you're going to keep the mission going that I taught you to, 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 to do. And you're going to feed my church. 
You're going to feed my people. You are going to be the one to feed them. Keep going. I assure you, when you were young, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will tie you and carry you where you don't want to go. He said this to signify by what kind of death you would glorify God. After saying this, he told him, follow me. We end right where we start. Follow me. Follow me. It doesn't matter what you've done. Follow me. It doesn't matter that you started to follow me. Turned your back on me. Follow me. Run back to Jesus. And Peter had a specific calling. His calling was, as the Bible puts it, to the circumcised, to the Jews, to the ones right there where he was. Paul writes about it in Galatians chapter 2. It's going to be in the study guide. We're not going to read the verses here this morning. It's going to be in the study guide. But Paul says, look, 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 I'm the one to the uncircumcised, to the Gentiles, the ones, the ones over there. That's what we're going to look at next week. Peter's the ones to call to the ones right here, to the Jews right here. His mission is right here. I had somebody a couple weeks ago talk to me about, you know, it's great people go over there and it's great that's an emphasis and 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 i want to go on mission uh mission over there too but man my heart is right here and sometimes we so glorify the over there that we forget about the right here look we got things like nightlight and 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 the republic pregnancy center and community kitchen and, you know, trying to poke, into, poke in our heads into to, to the school, see how we can serve there and, and in different ways. That's right here. But also, as we go, when Jesus said, go make disciples, that he meant as you go, as you live your life, make disciples. You don't have to do anything different. I don't have to do anything different to, to make disciples. I just have to think like a missionary. How would a missionary live your life? Really, don't ask what would Jesus do. Ask what a missionary would do in your life. Do that. Ball teams, kids' ball teams, neighborhood, job, family. What would a missionary do? We've got so many people around us that are, that are hurting and in need of a rescue, in need of a Savior, in need of joy, in need of peace, in need of, in need of faith. So right here. How can we impact? How can you impact right here? There's have a blast coming up. We've got a f- ability to do a photo booth with that. Someone step up and lead that and say, yeah, we've got people right here we can connect with. We just started summer, but school's coming. How can we start planning now? How can we, how can we impact students, teachers, and serve them? How can we keep impacting apartment complexes? Right here. Because of Mission 2016, we've got money. We've got money sitting. We're, we're ready. Right here. 
right here. Idiots like us can make great impact on people right here. If we just go out and intentionally make impact. Can you, can we add that to what we pray? God, how do you want me to make impact? Right here. In my day. As I go. Right here. Because we can always run back to Jesus. And that's the action. That's the action. Run back to Jesus continuously. See the same passage that Peter or Paul said, Peter's called to the circumcised. The next verse says, I had to call out Peter for his racism. Peter still needed it. So do we. And the study guide is going to take a look at that journey that Peter and Paul had together. We still need it. And see, that's the gospel. That's the gospel that we have, that, that we get the chance to tell people, look, you think the church is filled with hip- hypocrites? It is. I'm in it. And that's good news to you because he welcomes and transforms us all. That's the gospel. That's the message. And that's what transforms lives. Will we take this as a mission? Let's pray. And Father, Lord, I thank you for this time. We thank you that you give us a mission. Lord, I just pray that you will um, remind us that we must continuously run back to you. It's not our righteousness that gets us anywhere. It's you. Show us the mission you have. Transform idiots like us so that we can impact those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and stand with us. There'll be people around. If you need to run back to Jesus like today and you need somebody to pray with, come pray with somebody. Otherwise, pray about the mission that God has for you right here. Let's stand.